Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to come together with us and gather together with others that are listening uh, by computer, uh, downloading from this, this Bible study from our website. Let's talk about Jesus has been going on either through radio or the website uh, for about eight years now. And God has been blessing this Bible study and blessing those that take time for it. The reason being is because we bring the Word of God. Hallelujah. And the Word of God can't help but bless you if it gets down in the good ground of your heart. A good ground heart. It will bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so we just want to see this wonderful, wonderful multiplying of grace and mercy and this faith growth that will come and this fidelity to Christ that will ultimately come as we set ourselves to receive and obey His Word in our hearts and in our lives today. And if you're not a Christian today, uh, this, this study in the Word of God, we want you to know why that we as Christians are committed to follow Jesus Christ in spite of the persecutions, in spite of the many times being ostracized from the fellowship with people that we love with all of our heart, but they just don't want to be around us because we're following Jesus Christ. We're marching to the beat of a different drummer. We're not interested in being politically correct if you're a follower of Christ you can't you can't have it both ways you can't love the world and love Christ simultaneously you have to love one with all of your heart you have to give one or the other all of your devotion and if you will give your heart and devotion to Jesus you will have the necessary disciplines as a result of that devotion to run with perseverance the race that is set before us and that's why we've titled this teaching winning the race receiving the crown winning the race receiving the crown. Holy incentives, therefore, to run full out for Jesus Christ with a fully devoted heart and a fully devoted life. Amen. All right. Running the race with the crown in view is so important. If, if, we, if we are really seriously committed to following Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read our foundational scripture once again in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. But before we do, I want to thank you for being part of this Bible study. I'm, I'm both honored and humbled uh, to be able to teach the word and bring it forth. And I pray today that you will be so blessed by these Bible studies that your your love for one another will 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 absolutely uh, be abounding and your faith will grow exceedingly and you'll be able to weather the storms that surely will come to our life as believers that you will overcome all of the persecutions and all of the temptations that living in a faulty body in a fallen world, in the last of the last days, the perilous times are going to bring. But there's victory 
in Jesus for every one that decides and determines to follow him. He will lead us through these things to absolute victory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, having that in mind, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. The Apostle Paul says, Know ye not? They which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run, that ye might obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it for a corruptible crown, we for an incorruptible. When he says temperate, he's talking about self-disciplined. You can't be temperate in everything if you don't have self-discipline. And that's why it is so important to be so devoted to Jesus. That discipline is just a byproduct of that devotion. If we try to be disciplined uh, with no, no purpose other than just discipline itself... Just obedience to Christ itself, obedience to God itself, without doing it to express our love and appreciation for what He has done for us. You see, it will become a job. It will become a responsibility. It will become a duty. And therefore, it will be something that becomes like a heavy weight. And you know what Jesus said? He said, take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, when you, when you love someone, if you had to carry them uh, uh, in order to get them out of a burning building, whether it be a child or whether it be a full-grown wife, or, or even husband, I've heard of, of little women uh, when the adrenaline kicked in and maybe they prayed and asked God to help them being able to do extraordinary feats of strength because of their love that brought devotion, that brought them to a place that they were able to overcome and surmount all kinds of obstacles to, to, to save a loved one. And the reason that the person carrying someone out of a building doesn't run out complaining about how heavy they are is because of the devotion and love that motivated them to risk their own life, to pick them up and carry them out. You see, this is what Paul is talking about right here. He's talking about this kind of devotion bringing this kind of discipline that we can endure the hardships and the hardness that is surely going to come to every Christian. Being a Christian doesn't put you in some kind of bubble where you don't experience any of the heartbreak or any of the heartache of living in a faulty body in a fallen world. We are going to face the same things, but we're going to face it with a hope and a, and, and a love for God and a love for Jesus that's going to cause us to deny ourselves and take up our cross 
and follow Jesus in spite of all of the opposition and all of the persecution and all of the other things trying to get us to look back and even go back if the devil could convince us to do it. But we look past those things in order to keep on going. In fact, we look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, according to Hebrews 12 and verse 2. And we run with perseverance the race that is set before us. We just keep on running. So the Apostle Paul said, they do it. Now every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate, self-controlled, self-disciplined in all things. They do it for a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Friend of mine, what we receive from the Lord for simply being faithful and continuing on to keep our confidence in Him. You know, the Scripture said that that we are partakers of Christ if we keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Oh, friend of mine, that's not salvation by works. That is salvation by faith. It is keeping our faith in Him and through that keeping the faith from Him. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. And they that endure to the end endure the temptation, endure the persecution, endure all of those things that are going to come against us shall be saved. So the key here is finishing, not beating someone else to the finish line. I would hate to, to when I'm told to do the work of an evangelist, I, I would hate to be competing with Billy Graham, amen, or competing with D.L. Moody or some of these other great men of God, George Whitfield, some of these great revivalists of old and evangelists of old. Oh, friend of mine, listen carefully. All I have to do to receive the crown that God has set before me is simply to finish my course, to finish what He has predestined me to do, that He has He has purposed for me to accomplish. And I love what Billy Graham said on this very issue. He said he said, Listen, he said he said, If if you are f- faithful in your calling Whatever that calling may be, if you walk through the doors that God has opened for you and you are faithful to it, he said, listen, he said, it, 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 you're going to receive the same reward that I'm going to receive for being faithful to my calling. And it's not a matter of which one of us accomplished the most. The matter is going to be that we are faithful to our calling. What a humble uh, man who didn't speak condescendingly to us who are in much smaller ministries, and yet he's telling us what the scriptures tell us, that that it's, it's not competing with someone else. It's not even comparing. We can be inspired by someone else's faithfulness to their calling, 
And that's what God is saying to every child of God. Just be faithful. Hallelujah. And and you will overcome. You will have the grace. You will have the mercy to be faithful and to overcome. God is going to strengthen us today to run with perseverance the race that is set before us and bring us into a, a reciprocal love for Him that brings a devotion to Him that automatically will put the disciplines in place that we need. He said, they do it for corruptible, we do it for an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. I'm not shadowboxing. I know my opponent. I know how to defeat him. I know how to fight him and prevail over him. And in the next verse, he specifies the opponent. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I want to stop here and say something. The appointing to ministry carries an anointing to preach and to teach the word of God. But there is no substitute for that self-discipline and that, that consistent devotion to Christ that brings it. That's why people with powerful ministries have to have a healthy self-watch and not mistake the anointing coming on us over and over again to preach and teach, to take the place of this powerful anointing, to take the place of personal devotion to Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying today? You see, Samson, when the Spirit of God came on him, could slay a lion as it, as if it was a baby goat. He could pick up a jawbone of a donkey and slay a thousand seasoned armed soldiers when the Spirit of God came upon him. But that Spirit of God, that powerful anointing to defend Israel, be a champion in Israel, did not keep him from giving in to temptation, laying his head in Delilah's lap. Oh, friend of mine, and losing that power for a season and ultimately, ultimately being restored enough to destroy the enemies of God and of God's people that were clapping their hands, praising their false God in their temple. But friend of mine, Samson died with those people when that temple crumbled down upon him. And if he had been able to keep under his body and bring it into subjection, you see, the Holy Spirit was not yet given. And the resources that we have as New Testament believers, he did not have. Because I can't do this in my strength, and you can't do this in your strength. But as Paul put it, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And friend of mine, we need that now more than ever. Because this whole world system is divine, designed to test and tempt us. 
to persecute us on one hand and tempt us on the other hand. And we need the discipline in our life that Paul is talking about here, that we might run with perseverance as Hebrews 12 encourages us to do, challenges us to do the race that is set before us. Last week, we talked about Paul running with a full devotion to Jesus, with a crown in view. And the crown that we talked about last week was the crown of life. The crown of life in James 1 and verse 12. Blessed is the man that, here's that endurance, that endures temptation. For when he is tried, because he's endured it, he shall receive the crown of life. He won't turn back. He won't give in. He won't give up. If he gets knocked down, he's going to get back up because he's got a crown in view. And when the devil shows him like he did Jesus, the kingdoms of this world and say, worship me, I'll give you these kingdoms, he will not bend and he will not bow because he's seeking a city which hath foundations like, <laughs> hallelujah, like Abraham, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. Amen. He's looking past this temporal world that's passing away, transient, and he's looking to the eternal kingdom of God and the eternal life that is awaiting us. You know, someone said it so well, he is no fool that gives up what he can't keep to obtain that that he can never lose. And the world looks at us as foolish people because we choose this invisible eternal kingdom over this visible, visible temporal world. <laughs> and when we make those choices that they scratch their head and say, what, these people are crazy. They could have had a, they could have had all kinds of money if they had just, if they had just not put the kingdom of God first, in essence. They, they don't call it that. They, they call putting Jesus first. They, they call putting, call us holy rollers. They call us all kinds of names. And friend of mine, it's because they don't see what we see and they don't know what we know. And they're not looking past this temporal world to the eternal existence to come. We're going to live forever in some place or the other. And God wants us to live with Him in heaven forever. And the crown of life is what is awaiting us. Living in an eternal place with eternal persons. <laughs> Hallelujah. With eternal life and eternal bodies forever and ever, age without end. Don't tell me that's not worth a man choosing God's kingdom over the kingdoms of this fallen, temporal, unfulfilling world. Amen. <laughs> he is no fool that gives up what he can't keep to obtain that, that he can never and will never lose. Remember that great truth today. This world is passing away and everything that's in it. Ah, but the Word of God 
abides forever. He that does the will of God abides forever. The kingdom of God is forever. Heaven and earth will pass away. But God's word, God's people, God's kingdom, God's new Jerusalem is coming down to the earth. And we're going to live on a new earth with a new heaven and new earth in new bodies forever and ever and ever. This crown of life, I hesitate to leave it to our next crown because it is such an important and vital crown. You know, the scriptures say the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said those words, but he said, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And when some people that do not see the kingdom of God and the eternal spiritual uh, meaning of that, see the word abundant, they compare it to what the world calls abundant. <laughs> you know, the bumper sticker was out a few years ago and it sold a lot of them. He, he that, he, he, he wins who, who has the most toys or who dies with the most toys and some rich people consider their Bentley their toy their grown-up toy he who he who he who dies with the most toys wins if I achieve my goal and my goal is to be so rich that I can purchase that mansion I want that yacht I want that Maserati I want that suit I want uh, uh, that, if that's my, if that's all I have in view when I see the word abundant life, I don't understand. I don't get the kingdom of God. You see, man at his worst that makes heaven his home is far richer than man at his best that ends up eternally banished and punished from the presence of God in hell. Listen, friend of mine, that's what it really boils down to. This crown of life is a crown that is more important than our physical life and this material world. Revelation 2 and verse 10 says it this way, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, speaking of believers in Thyatira, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. In other words, there's a time of, of great persecution coming. It is a limited time, but it's coming. You need to bear up under this, because it, it, this storm will pass if you just hold on and stay true. And that's what the next verse is saying. You shall be Cast the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried or tested, and you shall have this tribulation, thelpsis, this pressure and anguish ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, literally physical death if it becomes necessary, and I will give you a crown of life. Oh, friend of mine. Those people, those martyrs, not just back in that day, but in this day, that are laying down their physical life in order to be faithful and true 
to the, to the faith, to Jesus Christ, to God the Father. Listen, they have to have this crown in view. You see, love for God, love for Jesus, this devotion, it produces devotion in the form of patient endurance. And someone has said that none attest their love more than they who suffer for him. You know, the Bible said in First Peter that it, for as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, let us arm ourselves with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer live his life to the will of the flesh, but to the will of God. See, devotion brings that discipline that is necessary. If someone is devoted, they automatically are disciplined. If you try to establish discipline without devotion, <laughs> you're going to find that you're just going to find the practice of your faith and your religion a, a burdensome thing. And Jesus said it clearly to those that were in a religious system that was overbearing, that was void of the love of God and love for God, therefore. And he said, Ho, ye that labor and are heavy laden. It's in the context of a religious system of that day that was a burden to bear. Amen. We bear a cross, but we do it out of devotion. And, and there's a song that used to say as, as, a, as someone was carrying his crippled brother on his shoulders, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. Well, the cross isn't heavy to those who are devoted to Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said. Ho, you that labor and are heavy laden, take my yoke on you. Come unto me first. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in spirit, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my burden is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know what makes the burden light and the obedience to God, the yoke? By the way, I want to define this yoke, if I may, in these closing moments today. It wasn't the, the yoke like oxen have. It, it's a good example, and God is with us to help us along the way. When one ox would put his, his head in part of it and the other, his head in the other, and the two of them together could pull the cart, it wasn't that kind of yoke. It was the yoke that was put around a sheep that kept getting out of the confines where and the safety and security where the shepherd could keep them at night, who kept getting through the fence, and they would put a yoke. Just picture two bows, like bows for a bow and arrow, tied together, pulled apart, and then let back down around that sheep. And that sheep would want to go through, would even push to go through, but the yoke would keep them from going through. What was Christ's yoke? It was so very clearly, not my will. If there's any other way, let this cup pass. Not 
my will, but thy will be done. And immediately it said angels came and ministered to him. In other words, when we commit ourselves to obey God, we take his yoke. Because he also said, the words I speak are not mine, but what I hear my father say. Amen. The works I do are not mine, but what I see my father do. Jesus, therefore, was committed in the volume of the book. It is written, I came to do thy will, O God. And that devotion to his father caused him to have the discipline necessary to go to the cross, despising the shame and enduring the pain. Friend of mine today, that devotion brought the discipline, and the discipline brought the victory that we're enjoying right now as believers on Jesus Christ. Praise God. We need this kind of devotion so we can have that kind of discipline because we have a crown in view and we have Christ suffering for us in view. And we love him for loving us so much. We love him back and we commit ourselves to follow him no matter what and push come to shove. We would lay down this life in order to have that eternal life. We would not trade it for anyone or anything in all of the world. That's why the Bible said, don't let any man steal your crown. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's why we have this kind of Bible study in these kind of days when such a current away from God is occurring in the world around us. And in some segments of the church world, the falling away has begun. But we're not of those who turn back unto perdition. We're of those, the Scripture declares, that believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Well, our time is slipped away once again. But I want to encourage you to run with patience the race that is set before you. I want to encourage you to look unto Jesus for the inspiration that you need, for the dedication you need, for the devotion you need. Consider Him that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest you become weary and faint in your own mind. Oh, friend, this very moment, God is calling you. If you have been sidelined, if you have been discouraged, if, if you are, have just been stagnant in your walk with God, it's time to rise up. It's time to get up. It's time to go on. The coming of the Lord is near. And He's going to be looking for fidelity, for faithfulness. Shall I find faith when I return? I want to be able to say, you're going to find it right here. I'm not looking to see what anybody else is doing. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord 
until either he comes or we go home. And I pray that you and your house will do the same. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's not too late to get in this race and win it. Hallelujah. You can repent of your sin right now. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. (laughs) And join the multitudes that are running for God in these last days. Watching, looking, longing for His appearing. Will you come to Jesus today and come back next week? And let's continue to talk about Jesus.